Last week on Glee Boot, Will sang Blurred Lines with a bunch of twerking teenagers. Rachel and Kurt drank limoncello very publicly, despite being underage. And Marley found out Jake was cheating on her with Bree. And she sang Wrecking Ball in what looked like a Muppets version of the song Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball. And that's what you missed on Glee Boot. Glee Boot. Uh, yeah. I kind of forgot all of that had happened. Um, something I didn't forget, though, I think for the first time ever, ever, we have to make a corrections on the podcast. Although so, this, I mean, this isn't the first time we have to make corrections. It might be the first time we're actually we're making doing corrections. It. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. So it's we're making Glee Boot history. So last week I said I got correctly that Bette Midler was the main witch in Hocus Pocus. However, I often get her and Joy Behar mixed up. And I also said that Bette Midler was a co-host of The View and I don't think she has ever been a co-host of The View. It's Joy Behar. Um, so yeah, super sorry, I guess. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Just All the Joy Behar stands are like, all right, like, sure. How dare she? Bette Midler could never. I honestly don't know how anyone could ever be a host of that show, but anywho. Thank you for the correction, Hannah. Thank you. You know Uh, what? Upstanding. I try to be honest with others and myself. I cannot wait to talk about what we're drinking because it looks like you're drinking a tiny thing of mustard, Alyssa. Mustard? Gross. No, it literally, like, it reminds me of, like, a little tiny thing of mustard, but... That's guys, you also have to wait like five minutes. <laughs> so welcome back to Glee Boot, the show where we get drunk and talk about rebooting Glee one episode at a time. I'm Cullen. Alyssa. And I'm Hannah. And today we have a very special guest, the host of the podcast Taboo Topics and the star of one of the favorite pictures I have of myself, Rebecca Thomas. Oh my God. Hello. <laughs> I don't know what picture you're talking about, but if it's the one I shared, like two weeks ago then i also really love that picture is it the know. one of you me and annie I mean, at, at the, the Meadowbrook Meadowbrook ball heck yeah. yes it's a great we, picture of all we of all us. look so good we all look so good well thanks for having me i'm super excited yeah colin and i went to college together and i know almost nothing about glee except for this episode that i watched so <laughs> yeah that's probably for the best <laughs> yes this is a I, very mild episode <laughs> I very much, I watched like the first episode of the very first season, which I noticed like almost none of those people were there except for them. They made cameo appearances. Yes. Um, but then they sang Bohemian Rhapsody and I couldn't get into it and I stopped watching it entirely. So. Interesting. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody was the thing that kicked you out of the show. That's well, Quinn gave birth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I what get it. What episode was that? That the was the finale of season one. Oh, oh, was it? I made it all the way through season one. Good for me. Yeah, good for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I would have stopped at the Acapellas episode uh, when they were singing "Poison" by Belbiv. Yeah. Yeah, but you made it all the way through the end of season one. I, I took the Queen song kind of personally, so I don't know. That's yeah. valid. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I'm here, so. Yeah, so that's our our question of the relationship with Glee. You kind of summarized that. Um, So I guess, what are we drinking today? I guess I'll go first and uh, let you know, it is in fact not mustard. It is a tiny little bottle 
of Bailey's Irish cream. Just it's just straight Got up mm-hmm. Bailey's. And do you know it's 17% alcohol? <laughs> wow. Wow. Is that normal for Bailey's in general? I think Bailey's so. is strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a liqueur. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just drinking it straight, straight from the bottle. Because when can you do that with Bailey's? Only when yeah. you have the tiny little, little tiny bottles. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you could drink it from the big bottle. No, no one's <laughs> stopping you. I'm not going to stop you. I mean, you. no one is, but <laughs> mm, that doesn't sound good to me. Which is uh, dumb because it tastes the same. <laughs> It, so like from my angle, just like the black part, top of the wrapper and then the bottom looks like yellow or orange mustard. And so I was just like, what is that? But as soon as you said Bailey, it's just like, oh, that makes sense. That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't I want to say this is maybe like two or three ounces. It's a little teeny. Yeah. I mean, mustard would be the weirdest thing Alyssa has drank on the podcast, but she did drink maple syrup that one time. Hey, listen, maple yeah. syrup is infinitely better than mustard. No question. Yeah, I mean, I would second that. Yeah. Hannah, what are you drinking? I am drinking Topo Chico hard seltzer, pineapple, <gasps> except it's exotic pineapple. I don't know what makes it exotic. Ooh, like the pink and- pineapple that people pay a lot of money for. Oh, I don't know. Maybe actually. It doesn't have any color, though, to it. Um, this is 12 fluid ounces or 355 milliliters for people across the pond or scientists. And it is 4.7% alcohol. So um, I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they made Topo Chico hard things. But yeah, okay. it's new. It's expensive. So be prepared if you want to get it. Good to know. Rebecca, what are you drinking today? Um, I have a Shorts Mule Beer. <laughs> so it's it's literally brewed with lime and ginger. So it's kind of like a mm. beer version of a Moscow Mule. Ooh. I love that yeah, idea. It's yeah. really, good. Yeah. Honestly, it's super good. Um, if you get a can, the cans are actually copper, which is cute. Like the little mugs. Oh. Um, it is 4.5% <laughs> alcohol by volume. I don't see any sort of measurings here, though. Um, but it's brewed and bottled by Shorts Brewing Company in Elk Rapids, Michigan. So, wait, guys, mine really isn't good. in ounces. It says a hundred milliliters. Oh, mine is in ounces. Just kidding, I found it. So Twelve. that's like four ounces, three ounces. I don't know. Because I'm looking, I was like, if this is 355 milliliters and it's 12 fluid ounces, I don't know math. <laughs> I'm having a virgin rum and coke. <laughs> oh, just coke. Coke in a glass bottle. Uh-huh. Um, I just was like thinking, it is one o'clock here in Los Angeles, and I was thinking, like, do I want alcohol in my body? And I was like, no. Also, <laughs> oh. you just came back from the gym. I feel like oh, alcohol yeah. right after the gym just sounds like a bad idea. Just counterproductive. Well, oh my gosh, you just spilled. No, oh, man. <laughs> All right, just a second. <laughs> Elevator was music. <laughs> was it the mini Baileys? It was the mini Baileys. <gasps> no. That's dramatic. <laughs> so while Alyssa is mopping this up, Rebecca, what are your Glee quiz results? Oh, yeah. Okay. So my, my Glee boyfriend was Sam Evans, which 
I feel like I'll touch on later because Sam plays a role in this episode. And I have some questions before I accept this as an answer. Okay. okay. So, yeah. Um, my, the which Glee Claire, which Glee character am I? I got Finn, and I don't know how to feel about that. So. I mean, Finn is probably one of my favorite characters. I remember really liking him. Mm-hmm. He has some bad moments, but like it's Glee, like everyone's a war criminal. So like. But like yeah. overall, he he's pretty OK. Yeah. He's usually trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I can I can deal. It says I'm a kind person and a leader. People find it easy to confide in you and reach out for help. <laughs> yeah, because you made like a noise when you finished the quiz, and I was like, oh, I hope you well, didn't get Rachel. I, I think it's more so because like I know what happened to the actor in real life, and I just got all sad, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That affected all of us, even if we didn't watch Glee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. And honestly, it kind of casts like a pall over the show, especially mm-hmm. at this season. At this point, like, yeah, yeah. Um, someone actually asked me the other day, a coworker was like do you think the glee cast was cursed mm. and i was like no but do i think there might have been a toxic environment on set that yes caused a lot of problems yes yeah because there, it's not the first glee scandal you know like, yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah i think that's probably the best assessment is that like the curse seems very like supernatural yeah but there's a very real life explanation for some things that may have gone on um and then i just think that like other stuff that happened to different actors is more so just like a consequence of like who they were as a person and even like i mean with Naira rivera it was just like a total accident you know yeah like, exactly she was swimming you know like yeah so but yeah <laughs> the curse uh maybe not yeah so uh today oh before we get started so our new segment our mary smash kill teen drama trope characters um so this week we are doing uh, unjustly sidelined black characters. Unjustly sidelined black characters. Okay. Um, so we have Mercedes from Glee. Of course. Uh, Josie from Riverdale. Um, and Bonnie from Vampire Diaries. Oh, okay. I weirdly enough i have an opinion on that but only based on stuff that i remember my cousin who watched the show telling me 800 years ago when the show was still running um who was the other one josie from riverdale she was josie and the pussycats oh i didn't she realize sing, but they, they never collide. really gave their storyline <laughs> Um, so I would marry Mercedes because she is a very good person and like pretty w- normal and well-rounded. Um, I would have sex with Josie because I mean, she's cool, I guess. And, um, Bonnie is a witch and sometimes that might be scary. So I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm going to murder her. <laughs> I was going to ask if she's a vampire. I know nothing about the other two. I've watched jenny nicholson's two-hour the vampire diaries video where she like unpacks like 
just the show and she also brings up like the racism like how it's like in a confederate town and they do all those confederate reenactments and bonnie's just there just like great apparently bonnie is a protagonist the set okay this is what the fandom vampire diaries.fandom.com wiki describes her as a protagonist the second main female character the supporting protagonist and the narrator and a quadragonist i didn't realize that was a thing we're gonna have to run that one by scott and see what he thinks (laughs) a quadragonist uh i'm going to marry bonnie because she's a witch i guess i'll have to kill josie because i don't really know a lot about her unfortunately uh i guess i'm smashing mercedes yeah um i'm gonna marry mercedes and i'm going to fuck bonnie i think as a witch she could bring a lot to the bedroom um (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's a good point yeah uh and i feel like i don't know josie that well i'm sorry josie you're gonna get murdered because i don't know you (laughs) i don't know bonnie either but at least she's a witch Um, okay, I don't know any of these characters at all. So based Perfect. on the last two minutes of context, I'm going to go against what I would probably say in real life because I like nice people, but I'm going to kill Mercedes. Um, but that's purely oh. because I kind of want to marry a witch. Like, think it's it would in my mind, I think of like Molly Weasley, right? And like, you yeah. just flick your wand and things get like cooked and stuff like that is convenience convenience mm-hmm. and i need that kind of time saving in my life um i'm gonna smash josie though because i feel like i kind of like the whole pussycat thing i don't know i feel like it's a little spicy so yeah that's my answer all right Very nice. and we will put it to the listeners and see what they think uh we just got our results on our jock poll in the kitty regarga episode sam came first Archie came in second and no votes for Nate Jacobs. Wait, first mm. and second, as in marry so, and then fuck? And well, then like, because kill? of the way Instagram polls work, I just said, who would you marry? Oh, I see. Got it. So, yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say, based on our conversation during that episode, that everyone would either marry or fuck Sam. So, and also the other one, but the guy from Euphoria was definitely going to die. What was he? What did I say he was? He was an a emotional terrorist. Emotional ter- yeah. Like that person not going to make it. Energy. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get into the episode. So this week we're talking about season five, episode six, six, um, moving out the Billy Joel tribute. I'll say it before and I said it again, not a big Billy Joel fan. (laughs) (laughs) I love Billy Joel, but I don't think it makes sense to have a tribute episode in Glee based on how they used him because it simply doesn't make sense. And then literally like at the end, Sam mentioned something about Billy Joel that kind of just like doesn't go with the story at all. And I'm like, why is Billy Joel here? (laughs) And, uh, 
I was looking at like the Wikipedia articles and stuff. And they're like, Billy Joel was happy that they're exposing his music to younger people. And I was like, Billy Joel was happy for that paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the subsequent paychecks that came from people finding Billy Joel's music on iTunes and downloading it from there, purchasing, et cetera. Yeah. Um, Probably. Yeah. The musical numbers feel extra shoehorned in this week. Like mm-hmm. I gagged multiple times just because like like they're always a little shoehorningly, but like they're they're just like, oh, we're gonna sing a song. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca is nodding her head. I just like I don't know if that was the norm, right? Like I remember watching Glee. I do not remember there being that much music in one episode and then just having the songs completely like the relatability was was quite a stretch. Mm-hmm. Um in a lot of them. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this episode, like there've definitely been episodes that had a lot of songs, but they felt more organically part of the story. Mm-hmm. None of these songs really made sense in the story. I'm trying to think of one that did. Maybe Jake's. The My Cause Life. That, Cause that yeah. makes sense yeah. for him to sing a song in Glee Club that expresses his feelings. I guess writers, but I didn't like writers at all. No, 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 no hard pass. <laughs> so yeah. I think Jake makes sense. the most sense, but his song, also that situation in general, just didn't really make sense. Yeah, so. just I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cross up. Very much disliked that whole writer thing. <laughs> Learn boundaries, bud. <laughs> yeah, I mean the fact that Sue like straight up points out at the end of the episode, like she has a fit because <laughs> of all the songs that were shoehorned. And I was like, okay, if we're getting a little bit better here, like, I'm glad you saw this was happening, but why didn't you stop it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she literally says like, oh God, you're going to punctuate your lesson with a song. I was like, uh, <laughs> meta. Yeah, and again, not a big Billy Joel fan, but I love the song Piano Man. I mean, it's a classic. What a waste of a really like emotional song that yeah. like could mean a lot that just was used like for nothing. This is the biggest waste since Smash Waste Kelly Clarkson's Breakaway. Yeah, that that is a reference only two of us understand. <laughs> Rick, have you seen Smash? No. Okay. Yeah. So Neither. I was. Yeah. Only two of us understand. It's correct. Um, also, I just hated that. I hate this diner. I hate everything about it. I I keep praying that I'm never going to see it again, but I've seen like stills from future episodes and I know I'm going to keep seeing it. Our, I'm assuming it's it's like the, the graduates have moved to New York and are trying to make it big and are working at a spoof of like Rosie's Starlight Diner, right? Yes. I think so, yeah. yeah. Okay. So like the diner didn't really bother me because that's like a real thing, you know? Like I've... That's yeah. a New York City thing where they do that stuff. Um, everything else bothered me. <laughs> I think it. I think it was honestly the fact that it was these people and this diner and this show specifically that I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I remember uh, when I went to New York, I was visiting Elliot, who was on for the makeover episode where they said you're not mm-hmm. a real new yorker until you've had a makeover um and he was like absolutely that's a hundred thousand percent true <laughs> when we were walking by he's like if you want to go to that diner you can go but i will not go with you mm-hmm. 
Uh, okay, so let's usually we start in New York, but I feel like New York is actually like the main storyline this week. Um, so, yeah. so let's save that. Uh, let's start with the love triangle, the cursed love triangle. Yeah, the oh. cursed love triangle. Just get uh, it out of the way, rip it off like a band aid. Is this yeah. the Ryder, Marley, Jake love triangle? Yes. Correct. Oh. All I want is for Jake and Ryder to have sex, and I know they won't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> because I... <laughs> it would just be more interesting than them constantly harassing this poor girl, and we are going to talk about this episode, how at the end of the day, Glee Club has not been a positive experience for Marley. <laughs> no, and honestly, like, her mom hearing this, presumably her mom also heard about how Mr. Shoe suspended her for not wearing a tardy bikini. You would think. So why is her mom, like, letting her still do this or not being like, hey, I think this is really bad for your mental health. You're probably still in therapy for your eating disorder. Like, what does your therapist think? <laughs> Uh, I feel yeah. there is definitely some references to things that I did not know happened that are oh, now opening my eyes to things. Has been through the ringer, and yet yeah. she shows up day after day with a smile on her face. She is such a drooper. Gosh, I kind of want to watch this now. Um, you you mentioned okay. <laughs> you <don't laughs> um, well, you mentioned the thing with her mom, and I don't know if like this. I this is just me being the person like how everything was crazy, and she was like, "This is so schizo." Does anyone in this series have schizophrenia, or are we just like making microaggressions and stuff? That was definitely a microaggression. Yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah, that was like, oh yikes, we're gonna yeah. Yeah. exceptionally dated this particular episode. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's not that dated, though, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I would love oh, to say. dated the episode or dated the writers, you know? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to my coworker who called all non-binary people schizos. Uh, <laughs> I, <hated her. laughs> I don't even know people use the word schizo in terms like that, but, like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe people who don't understand how the world works do Eric, good point I mean, you no. feel do, like, right because it was like yeah synonymous I feel like, with the word crazy but people yeah. didn't actually it it's not anymore don't use it like that yeah well, now, i wasn't planning on it no. <laughs> now the world is kind of like oh okay like schizophrenia is like definitely like a total different thing like it's it's not a thing that we can just use as like a slur again it's that weird thing that was like i never thought representation could feel like being called a slur i just i kept thinking about that literally the past like two weeks since kayla's been on uh glee is horrible but Um. it's great we're sticking with it. <laughs> we made it this far. Yep. <laughs> I can't stop now. See, I thought that this was going to be a podcast full of people that love Glee, and then I'm just going to oh. talk about. <laughs> See, I, I'm really glad that we don't we don't prep anyone for that, unless. They and I'm really sorry that I haven't listened to Glee Boot before. <laughs> That's totally okay. But That's if you want to hear about the uh, the the stuff with Marley. Like, maybe we can give you, like, a couple episodes of our podcast to listen to. Oh, yeah. No, I, I like, actually kind of want to go back and listen to all of them. This is really <laughs> exciting for me. Oh, perfect. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's almost like you should listen to it as a commentary while you're watching these episodes. Oh, for sure. That would be awesome. <laughs> we recommend yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, sorry, continue. Yeah, like Glee, I hate it, yet it's also maybe one of my favorite shows. I really don't know. I don't, I have a very complicated relationship with this show. There are often small moments that I'm like, I think it was Kayla who also said this. I think Kayla is a genius. She, I think she was the one who said that like, by the time you get to the end of the episode and you're at that final song, it kind of tricks you into being like, I could watch another one. Like this is emotionally (laughs) satisfying in a way. And it's those like little moments that trick me. And then I'm like, no, no, this is horrible. Yeah, like there were some good intentions. There were some good, like interesting moments. Like I think it's definitely like a big part of like television history mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like so like there's part of me that will always have a fondness and like love I, it for what it was trying to be, but not always for what it was. Yeah, well, it's crazy because like I mean they have so much representation and I think that's awesome, right? Like you don't see that in every show, but then you just like like. <laughs> the schizo comment and like Sam later on like makes some microaggressions but I think that that was on purpose but I don't know if that's his character he was just trying not to get into college and that's why I don't want to date him because I wouldn't <laughs> we'll, date someone like that yeah we really we'll have to dig into that because that scene was fucking horrible bananas. oh yeah gosh. yeah we will we'll Sorry. get there I do just want to say everyone on Glee is racist um for the pretty much like because it's not all the time it's sometimes like all the asian jokes all the times britney can't tell unique and mercedes apart what yeah yeah there's some major issues yeah um what (laughs) i'm just shocked like i just always thought glee was like glee you know like not like a comedy made in the 90s. <laughs> it's basically a comedy made in the 90s, but produced in the 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say it wasn't much better than what else was airing at the yeah, time. No. Like, you'd probably see similar jokes in Community, in The Office, and mm-hmm. even sometimes oh, in Parks yeah. and Rec, you know, like shows that we love. But sure. yeah. Um, okay. So let's get into this love triangle. Um so Marley opens her locker and there are all these roses and Jake is like, I'm sorry. And she's like, for breaking into my locker. Yeah, she, she like lets kicks the, roses. the roses. Yeah, they fall out of her locker. She kicks them away. I felt that moment. I was like, uh, yeah. I would are do the same thing. Are you kidding me? Once again, with flowers, guys getting women flowers. Just you stuff a bunch of, what are you supposed to do with a bunch of roses? What yeah, is that? no, you're like, just you making my life more difficult. <laughs> it's not convenient. And also, like, I feel like a really big breach of trust just happened because, like, now she's going to have to be like, great, I have to go to, like, the janitor and tell him to change my locker combination to yep. reset it because I need a new one. Like, I don't trust you. Yeah. And so he's like, I've changed. I'm a different person. And then she's like, no, you're the same person you always were. Yeah, because he was just because he's saying sorry, he literally revenge slept with Bree because he was mad that Marley wouldn't put out. Like, that's what happened. Yeah. Like, you don't just change after two or three days of sulking and telling her you're sorry. Um, And we will explain maybe some of the reasons for Jake's character assassination by the writers. Um, Because he had kind of changed in like season four. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah. Um, so we'll go through the storyline and we'll talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, so then uh, Ryder is like mad at Jake. He's like, how could you ruin one of the best things that ever happened to you? Um, and Jake's like, it's none of your business. And he starts like lifting weights and singing. It's my life. <laughs> I mean, OK, Jake does have a point that like it is none of Ryder's business. But I feel like because Ryder is clearly not trying to stand up for Marley, he's really just like trying to tell Jake off and then also trying to make himself high and mighty. That's the reason why I really hated the scene was because he wasn't upset because Jake hurt Marley. He was upset because Jake ruined a good thing for himself. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Well, because they basically decided, okay, you get Marley and you get this dance solo. During yes, Gangnam Marley's style. not a person. <laughs> no, she's, she's a prize to be won. Yes. And this is becomes extremely evident throughout the rest of this storyline as well. Yeah, Ryder has major nice guy syndrome. Uh, I hate Ryder. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's um, the worst. One of the worst. <laughs> um, and so he... So then Jake sings It's My Life. He does a lot of slow-mo jumping. <laughs> and I'm like... like- just imagine sitting in this <laughs> choir room and he sings this Billy Joel song and just like flip it around. <laughs> yeah, it was really distracting from the whole point of why he's singing it. I think maybe that was the point. He was like, they can't see my feelings if I do a flip. Like, <laughs> um, but also um he like he's in the the boys' locker room, he's in the choir room, then he's in the girls' locker room singing because oh, yeah, there's girls so that pop weird. out of the showers they're like yeah, dancing in towels towels <gasps> so i was like you're not supposed Mm-mm. to be in there yeah i was kind of astonished at that scene every time i'm like why am i surprised that this is happening well that's <laughs> again I'm like why am i surprised but i'm still screaming about it yes it's like they're just trying to like make the musical numbers more interesting and like fill in airtime. So they just come up with these weird dances. I guess. That was something else I noticed is that like, there are quite a few songs, but they do the whole, almost the whole versions of each song. Yeah. And it's like, that means there's like, what, like 12 minutes just of music Mm-hmm. So the episode itself is like 30 minutes of content. Yeah, the one with this song, like they had it in a bunch of different locations, but when he was in the choir room, he was singing it to Marley, which didn't make any sense to me because he literally had just been asking for her forgiveness. And she said, no, and this song has nothing to do with that. Like, yeah, he's just like, you know, it's my life. Don't ask me to change. She literally did not ask you to change. She said that you didn't have to change. And you also like changed for yourself to be with her. Yeah. Like, but also, see, I that's what I was confused about. I was like, is he singing it to Marley? Is he singing it to Ryder? Because Ryder is the one who set him off to sing it. So I'm like, 
I What's thought the truth? Was, that in the choir room, he was going to be singing it more to writer, but, but that's it not was, how it is. It's shot in a way where you see Marley's reactions and more often. It's it's more that he's singing it to her, which doesn't so make sense. Weird. It's just like a bad decision cinematography wise. Yeah. He also, I just thought it was so, I just didn't like it. Like he stands on the piano and it was just really weird. Yeah. Not a fan. Um, so then Marley, the scene where she calls everything schizo, she's like in the kitchen with uh, her mom, her mom, Millie. This is Millie's last appearance. R.I.P. I legit forgot that she <laughs> Not existed. Not R.I.P. that she literally dies, but <laughs> no. she just leaves. And they never invite her back on the call sheet. Um, well, I thought she was already gone. Like, this I was surprising too. for me. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, like peeling potatoes or something. And she's like, you know, just be glad you didn't have sex with him. Like, no, she she says the phrase Humpty, uh, hum. Humpty, Humpty Hump. Hump. Yeah. And I was like, what a dork. I was like, this is, <laughs> it was a cute, like, mom daughter thing. But then, like, the rest of the conversation, I was like, oh gosh, no. Well, like, because she was like, you can't get your first time back and make sure it's with someone special, not just someone you have feelings with, but like a good guy. I have mixed feelings because like, I, I, I like get the concept of like, you know, having sex is very intimate and you want to do it with someone who you can trust and who's going to respect you, right. you know? Um, and like, especially when you're young and it's your first time, like that's like, that's something that's important, but also like it kind of, it's tangentially connected to like the whole purity culture, like yep. virginity thing. And yeah and so that's no. like i'm like i, I get mean, it i don't is. it's kind of not though because it, they're literally talking about having sex yeah so it's not that well versed it's, in like being yeah it doesn't go it, all the way into that you're yeah. right yeah but it's still kind of like it's hinting at like wait for marriage but not saying it like it's like wait for that special someone and it's just like but how are you gonna know what that is it would i feel like it would be maybe better if it wasn't wait for someone if it was be careful or something like that uh, or even uh, if it, yeah. if it was wait till you're comfortable yeah, yeah wait till something you're like ready. that like Not waiting like- for someone else no but if you if you if you're the person who's in power then it changes the dynamic of the conversation yeah i yeah. think that's good yeah like like not just wait till you find someone special but like wait till you feel comfortable and you find someone who makes you feel comfortable you know yes. like that you know i think that's a good advice to teenagers because sometimes we do mm-hmm. just bombard them with these sexual images and we don't really give them any advice about like that first step and like how to set up your healthy boundaries and like mm-hmm. Glee's certainly not going to help them with that so like yeah yeah and like what the signs are that like you actually feel comfortable with this situation not that like the signs of the person who you should be having sex with more like how do you feel about it yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we're just rewriting culture. This is culture <laughs> boot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did, I mean, overall, like I thought it was like a cute scene and like yeah. it was nice that Marley was given th- 
the like it doesn't villainize her for not wanting to have sex the way it villainized Quinn. Right. Um so I was like, okay, like it's a step in the right direction. Um and then uh because she's like, yeah, he's singing it's my life, like he's the victim. I'm like, honestly, that would be baffling. Like I would be upset. Yeah. Um and yeah. then uh Jake is like go out with me. And she's no, like no, writer. Or writer. Yeah. <laughs> These characters. Um they're so, both not good. <laughs> writer's like, go out with me. I'm a good guy. I go to church. I'm getting good grades now. I have good family values. Yeah. <laughs> I he's the adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, that entire like conversation with him just listing off the things about him that made him great and a conservative christian i was just like oh my god like a resume of conservative christianism (laughs) (laughs) it was so jarring it was so jarring it was one step away from being like here are references from all of my youth pastors (laughs) (laughs) it made sense to me though and it did feel like something a real midwestern boy would do and say yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, and it, were, it really was not far off base, honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because there are times when these characters are much more written like they're L.A. teenagers than Ohio teenagers. Um, so, yeah, but then um, uh, she's like, no, you know, I'm go- I went through all this, like I was really hurt and I just need space, which is like, very valid yes like 100 percent and there's this awkward shot like he's looking in the mirror as he's talking to her and i'm like oh they're gonna use this so that speaking of shoehorned they literally have marley stop in front of and face away from this like set of mirrors and so all you see is the back of Ryder's head, but you can see his face in the mirrors. And all of the while, just like little context from like the other part of the story that's happening in McKinley is that there's a career fair happening in the hallway. And I'm like, what career could this be from? <laughs> I was so confused. Uh, 1700s mirror maker. Mirror makers, yeah. You can make the mirrors in Versailles. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like an antique uh appraiser yeah a dealer i don't know it was so weird uh yeah i didn't even think about that i literally didn't think about that i was too focused on the fact that like here is a boy that is not listening to a woman's wishes (laughs) all right and immediately the next scene we get it's like not even a different scene no No, he just just starts singing he starts singing innocent man yeah, in public, mind you, like just not not doing this in a one on one setting. No, so, let's put them on the spot so they can't refuse us. She goes into a classroom, right? Yeah, it's the glee room. Right. So he's in the hallway. He starts singing. But doesn't he sing more in the hallway? He sings in the hallway and then he comes into the choir room and he does this like shimmy thing and he's like singing. And yeah. like but everyone's so making she goes into the choir room, presumably, and he just wanders the hallways for a couple minutes singing and then comes back. <laughs> he's like standing aggressively with his hand like this on the door frame. I was like, Yeah, he just stares like at that. her. But then everyone else's faces, like <laughs> 
It was there was a lot of face journeys, including Mr. Shu. Yeah. The reaction shot. Yes. How many times does someone in this club sing to someone specific? And this is the song that is like they're yeah, that's gonna the song. be weirded out by. They weren't weirded out by the it's my life. Like they weren't just all I like, okay, I think they need therapy. Like, like, why is this? the hill that they're all going to die on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Shu, you didn't do anything when Finn sang Jesse's girl at Rachel. Um, Triggered. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do anything when, I don't know, like Ryder was kicking stuff at one point. Like he is, he's so passive. And like, so the yeah, fact that like, just a little. <laughs> as far as Glee, awkward song moments go like this isn't even that high up so the fact i'm like why is this the line mr show yep see i and i'm not gonna lie in in this scene i i this was the first time i wondered if when they're singing do other people know they're singing is this a dramatic moment that's like frozen in time like like one of the ironies that the audience can see with characters don't know um I got my answer when everyone was like, what the, what the hell is he doing? Like, this kind of yeah. inappropriate, don't you think? Like, Jake's sitting right there. Like, ooh. Yeah. yeah, it was either that or like, wow, Marley's moved on really quickly kind of thing. I was just like, it's all going to be placed on Marley. Mm-hmm. Like, how like weird this situation is about her. Whether or not the songs are diegetic in this world is a complete mystery. It depends on the song. Sometimes in the same exact song, depending on where they're singing, it could be diegetic or it could be non-diegetic. Yes. Yeah. No yeah. one knows. No one knows. No oh, one good. Knows. Okay, okay. Neat. Because I think when he's in the hallway singing, it's non-diegetic. When he goes into the classroom, boom, everyone's like, whoa, he's in the middle of a song. We yep. missed the whole first part of it. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. So then he asks Marley out and in she's public. in public. In yes. In public. Yes. Okay, also, this has happened many ex. times. Yeah. Like two days ago. This has happened before in the classroom, right? But this one felt particularly assaulting. After she literally just told him, no, I need oh. some space. Yeah. yeah. And she then like the- straight out reject him, like, no, I don't like you. It was like, I need space right now. Three minutes later, go out with me in you front of everyone. Yeah, exactly. It's like the thing that happens when you're trying to force someone to marry you. So you ask them to marry you in a really public place. Right. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's how I felt. It's basically like a, a public uh, proposal just, where you have cameras and you've got he literally the whole gets family. on one knee like... It was oh, very, he does. Yes, yeah. he does. <laughs> no, it was just very, like, for me, it was very controlling. Like, you oh, yeah. put your partner or your whatever in a public place so that they will obey you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's like, also I know, an affront to Jake, too, who's sitting right there. Seriously, and, like, granted, I'm, you know, Jake didn't do good stuff, right? Like, he had... Re- revenge sex because marley wouldn't put out or whatever and yet i still don't dislike him as much as i dislike Ryder. yeah this episode i'm kind of just like okay yeah jake did that but i'm like hmm. but Ryder is just like there's something about like not like someone saying no you just not listening putting them in a situation in public like that is manipulation to me and that mm-hmm. that is a mm, hell nah like you can go not sleep with someone message. else whatever because you're basic, but no, that's like a whole nother level of conniving. I don't like it. 
And like, yeah. do you think like as the audience, we're supposed to be rooting for Ryder? But like, obviously he's a better guy. He like, well, he never does anything because he never gets a line except for like, it's Stevie Wonder Week. <laughs> I think that was the last time he talked on the show. No. He said Katie, Katie versus Gaga, we had an emotional connection because he didn't want to be either of the choices. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. But I, and yes. he said he was quitting Glee Club. <laughs> yeah. And he's still here. Finale and he's still fucking here. Yeah. Yeah. So like as the audience, like, am I right? Like we're supposed to be like, rooting for him i don't know i actually don't I mean, know i very much was not rooting for him yeah. but it I was think, my first episode so <laughs> i think we're not supposed to root for him i think we're supposed to root for marley but they don't do a really clear job of presenting that hmm i don't know i think because like what i mean if we're supposed to root for marley we're supposed to root for what her to get a new boyfriend or to her to have her personal space i her think personal i think space. personal space the only reason i think that we're not supposed to root for him is because of the visceral reaction i had when he puts her arm around it when he puts his arm around her oh yeah yeah later yeah and and her reaction to the to Instagram. that situation interesting i think it was very yeah. well deserved and oh. i she wasn't usually if they want us to root for someone else they put marley in a bad spot and they blame her for something but i didn't really feel mm-hmm. like she was getting blamed for anything that's this true episode. that's a good point yeah so uh writer and her go on a date and then he like makes an instagram post about it he's that like that was fucking instagram creepy post? yeah no, I didn't not said, like at look at your instagram that's what and he then, says. And then it's the best date ever that he posted. And it has like cartoon Flowers? hearts around them. Yeah. And like creepy, mm-hmm. creepy. That is your pit guy. Like if Marley has ever disappeared and no one knows where she is, <laughs> you look in Ryder's pit and he's like putting lotion down in a pulley system. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, love a good silence of the lambs reference. <laughs> Uh, so then Jake is like he puts his arms around both of them and he's like oh so you guys a thing now and he like puts his arm around her and it's like it's none of your business this has all happened within the space of like I want to say maybe two days yeah right yeah yeah okay so Jake cheats on Marley Marley finds out Marley goes on a date with Ryder no that that whole thing is probably a week because okay. she does the whole katie got or uh miley cyrus thing uh oh, yeah it does last take week. her a little bit to find so out it's yeah. probably a total of five days of you school time. Of glee is about a week of story time because they always have a different lesson <laughs> i don't know I, well yeah i mean of course with like the new lesson that makes sense but also the fact that like i don't know if you guys watch the recap but the recap literally says this has been the longest year ever and yet graduation is still coming and i'm like this cannot be a new week like you don't have time also just a really quick aside i forgot to look this up but i don't remember how many people the glee club needs to compete but they do not have that number of people in their classroom right now no. so they're not going to go to nationals i yeah. think it is they have seven you yeah. should see yeah where's joe and sugar um 
I swear to God, if they show up to nationals, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I'm like, where were you hiding them? Is Shu a pit guy too? Is that where he's hiding these students? I can't wait for you to see the plot contrivance they do. So you, they have a full. Oh, my heart. <laughs> um, so then uh, Mario was like, you know, it's. I would just because we go on one date doesn't mean we're together. I still need my space. You know, like I'm not ready for a relationship. I love that like, moment. That was a good moment for me. I was like, hell yeah, go off. Yeah, because he's like, I hope this isn't too forward, but I know we just went out yesterday, but we should do it again tonight. And I'm like, like I can't stop thinking about you. Like, honey, that is too forward. Even if I liked the person, I would still be like, no, no, no. I, I still need a couple of days to like recoup. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about the fact that Melissa Benoist Marley and Blake Jenner Ryder were married in real life and he was abusive physically to her. And I looked this up because I saw it in a YouTube comment, but I wanted to confirm that she did say this, that he was controlling of her acting life as well and didn't like when she had love interests that weren't him, when she was, like, being romantic or, like, kissing other actors, which, like, grow up, that's what actors do. So were they married at this point? They They were publicly engaged, but secretly married. And they had been they together. Eloped? They had like a secret a year, wedding. Yeah. A and year were, or so. They were together. I think they announced that they announced their marriage in 2015, officially broke up in 2016. And then she started dating Chris Wood from Supergirl in 2017. But they started dating probably like 2014. 2013. 2013. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah. So I feel so by like by the time this was happening. They, they were married, I think. Yeah. Wasn't this 2014? What year is yeah. this? So they. Wait, no. Was it 2013? No, this was 24. Oh, wait. No, this was 2014, right? Mm-hmm. So did oh, they meet on Glee? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So season five of Glee was. 2013 to 2014. Yeah. Right? Because, yeah. September 2013. So this would have been 2013. Yeah. Um, so they were they were just dating at this point or possibly engaged. Possibly engaged, yeah. Um, but he was controlling. And so people think that he is the reason why the Jake and Marley relationship was axed. I mean, I don't know. I can believe that. Like, yeah. Should be. I have no idea. Like, do actors and actresses have that much control over where the story goes in tv they can he's not a main actor though that's the that's the thing well i mean unless like he they made like a really big stink about it yeah because he could have because you know ryan murphy loves a white boy um and he was that's the why Project winner. yeah um and i think maybe they just for i i almost think the writers were like okay fine but will make you look super weird <laughs> and creepy. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking about like, if they were like just dating at this point, I'm kind of thinking like, okay, what were the circumstances that, that could have got the writers to, to do this? That's um, interesting. Also, I'm thinking about like how early that type of behavior was happening, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, she said they were like friends. And then once they started dating, it went from like zero to 60. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's weird because if you look at his statement about the whole thing, he really accuses it of being on both sides, saying that he wasn't allowed to take jobs because of other female things. And then it becomes into like one of those situations that's just like, it's he just said, bad on both ends. Yeah, yeah. And it's bad on both ends. And I, I don't know. Yeah, because they he played a love interest for one episode on Supergirl. He was in that baseball movie. I think she was in it as well. Um, and then really, he was in that show with Renee Zellweger of the B movie. And <laughs> Renee Zellweger of the B movie. Uh, I think it was called. We watched one episode. I'm pretty sure that's not what it was called. Um, it was... But no, no. <laughs> Renee watched... Selig the actress who has been in so many things. <laughs> I think she won an Oscar. She will only be known for the B-movie. That is my Vanessa, Vanessa from the B-movie. I love it. Um, but he was in a show with her where he was dating uh, the girl from Suburgatory and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. What um, show is this? Uh, it was like he was born <sighs> in ninety two. Oh my goodness! I thought he was older. He's literally our age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you sure I watched this with you? Yes, we watched one episode, and then I went to watch the Aladdin movie, the Aladdin reboot. Um, huh. Uh, but is it recent or something? Yeah, it was. We were in the Woodman apartment. It was before COVID. Um, hmm. He's also going to be in the Merrily We Were All Along movie. Yeah, I just saw that. Because he was cast before all this stuff came out. And that movie is going to be like filmed over 20 years. Wait, why are we talking about this? I forget how we got here in this conversation. Because you feel the ickiness and the controllingness on screen. You, f- I felt the vibes. I mean, I felt the vibes, but I just thought that that's how his character is written, right? To be like an ignorant white boy who thinks that he deserves everything because he's nice and therefore won't listen to the opinions of women. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, like, I wish that we could give Glee that much credit. Oh. But I don't think we can. <laughs> okay. See, and I this is my only, the first episode, right? So... You know, it takes place in Ohio and I was like, it did give me bad vibes as if and if I hadn't seen like this kind of behavior before, like I probably would not have. But the red flags, man, they were just popping up all over the place. And if that's him as a person, I don't know, not like that. Not at all. The interesting thing is, I feel like he was not portrayed in this way before now. Yeah, I mean, well, he was transphobic, sort of. He was, like, weird with Unique, and then he was catfished by Unique, and then he was kicking things. Uh, I'm not saying, like, he wasn't, like, portrayed as, like, a great person. More just, like, there was... He wasn't manipulative up until this point. Yeah, I want to say like it was more on the ignorant side of you're just being an idiot unless yeah. like you're purposely trying to get someone to yeah. be controlled by you. 
And that's the thing. Like, I don't even know if that was written to be like purposely. Like, I don't even know if he knows what he's doing at this point. I think he yeah. might just be stupid, but it's just because like the intention might not be there. That behavior is still what it is. Yeah. And I think that gets into, so if we track Marley's journey in this Glee club, um, when she first joined, they were making fat jokes about her mom. And then she was like, yeah, no, thank you. And then they're like, okay, we're not like that. We're sorry. We struggle with poverty too. Um, that's like Sam said that. And then she was like, okay. And then, um, and then Kitty joined and gave her an eating disorder. Um, yeah. She started dating Jake. There was a school shooting. Um, that's where well, she found really out been that through a lot. That's when she found out that Kitty was the reason she had an eating disorder. And they couldn't have Christmas, remember, because they had to pay for oh, the therapist. And everyone, Dr. Goodsitz. and everyone blamed Marley for not for she fainting during Gangnam Style, and they were like you're the reason Glee Club is over. Yeah. And no one they, defended her. And I'm like, you, honey, you were singing Gangnam Style, you weren't going to win. Um, dude, this is all sorts of messed up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, this is literally, like, a toxic environment. Like, I think, I think we're misremembering. I don't think Sue said that she was going to make an environment so toxic. I think Shu said that. I think we're all misremembering. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then... Jake cheats on her and then with someone who's like bullying her. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh now Ryder's doing this, and it's like this has not been a positive experience for Marley. Like in a few episodes, there's gonna be a lot of talk about how great Glee Club is because something's gonna happen there and talk about how great it's been for all of them. But I will posit it has not been great for Marley. No. It like, hasn't also is... been great for Tina either. Like <laughs> Tina doesn't really get to do anything. Yeah, Tina at least got to date like Mike Chang, who was nice. Like, I don't it's... even know who Tina is. So she had two lines. Oh sh- I counted this time. <laughs> One of them was we're gonna be big, big stars. Oh, at uh, the end with the pigtails. Um also just like a side note about another storyline i just have to quickly say before i forget tina is also graduating yet she doesn't get any talk of like what she's doing after high school we don't care and yet i do care fully positive that she's going to be the most successful yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i have no doubt because she's used to adversity Rachel always gets everything she wants. Tina isn't. So Tina will go into acting and be told no, and she won't have to sing yesterday about it. She'll just be like, okay. Yeah, she'll be like, yep, got it. It's okay, I got like seven other auditions this week. Yeah, so okay, let's talk about like the general arc of like, so it's career week, and Mr. Shu is upset that there's no table uh, about the arts. Okay, but also some of the the jobs they have in this career fair, which is taking place in the hallway. Yeah, not the yeah. gym or something. In front of people's lockers, not it's in the also, gym. It, it's a career fair for high school? Question mark. Yeah, we yes. do that. Yeah, yeah, we I, definitely we had, had like a like a mock, not like a mock one, but like. It's really- 
probably not unheard of. I like remember going to like different booths of like different occupations. Like I, I remember doing drywall hmm. on a fake wall. It was awesome. We oh, had sweet. we did like core college. <laughs> it was a co- college fair, and there were like a bunch of colleges that came. But I don't ever remember having a career fair. But then also, my high school was very college preppy yeah so college yeah the fact that they wanted everyone to get into college because it would make them look good yeah it's probably yeah yeah that's where that's coming from yeah um but also these jobs are like so weird that i'm like it's almost as if the guy who does that show dirty jobs recommended all these different like, <laughs> careers. I don't even think they're real. I thought they were just made up for humor was, purposes. Well, yeah, because like, yeah. like, sculpting. Yeah, I was like, sculpting does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? I literally thought I was like, oh, it's got to be that guy. Like the guy from Dirty Jobs. He put this whole thing together. He was the My organizer. is a communications major um, who Fun got fact. famous on reality TV and likes to tell people not to go to college and that it's a waste of time to pursue your dreams. So wait a second. Him. Does he phrase it like that? Because I have a lot of thoughts on college and dreams. Um, he I think he's done like I'm not sure if he's done a Prager U video. Mm. Um, but like it's very much like like there's he does have a valid point because I do think people often look over like overlook 100% I, yeah. I agree I really yeah. do um, but then there's there's also a lot of like a lot of boomerishness mm. yeah yeah I'm just trying to think of like how he went from being a communications major to like like collecting semen from horses and stuff like how i want to know everything about this man now <laughs> you too you <laughs> like what is your life how do you get how do you get to like doing the why would you want to do the dirty job show like what made him want to do that the, he went to the something high school career fair <laughs> i guess so god that's so weird yeah anyway um but Sue starts talking about the job market mm-hmm. and she talks about super triggered by that, by the way, because <laughs> I was like, huh, nothing has changed. It's Seriously, though, gotten honestly, I was just like I was yeah. sitting there and being like, this is the perfect like satire for my life. <laughs> you know, like that. That was like that small conversation was the most accurate thing I heard today. Yeah. And she does have a valid point in that, like, most people who pursue the arts, um, like, are not going to be superstars. Now, there's lots of levels of success. Like, are you going to be a working actor who maybe has a main job but is in a lot of plays or commercials? Like, it's not just Brad Pitt or nothing. Like, there are lots Mm -hmm. of levels Mm -hmm. um, to being a performer. Um, Or any type of artist. Yeah, yeah. it's like... You know, if you go to school for like fine art, like in terms of like painting or drawing, like you could work in a gallery, you could work in a museum, like there are tons of different career paths. So my my issue with this whole thing was that I'm like, it's super focused on performance when there are tons of careers in the arts that aren't performance you know listen i don't know what fecal sculpting is but it sounds kind of artistic right 
I was like, literally, it's so, like, what could that even be? Like, I don't know if you want to know. I'm I think it's exactly think, what you think it like, is. Could, like, could it be, could she be like calling it like a name for someone who tests like like different like body matter in a lab like no, is that i literally like feel like name? they just made things up to be funny uh, like the one yeah. before it was like a salad architect a salad yes yeah and i was like oh it's someone who works at subway but specifically focuses on salads yeah it's like a sandwich artist it's a yeah. salad architect something yes. like that yeah yeah i mean you do have to build it i Fair. was I- <laughs> I was getting vibes of that butter movie. Oh my gosh. Triggered. <laughs> we watched in grad school with uh, the mom. What's her name? Uh, ben Jennifer Affleck's, Garner. Yeah, former wife. Um, yeah. Uh, also, Electra and the girl from the woman from Alias. And Peppermint and the mom in uh, Timothy Love Green. Simon and Timothy Green. <laughs> and a million, she's, she's so a mom good at being a mom. <laughs> um, but, anyways, it gave 13 me going that on vibe. 30? Oh. Yeah. Classic. Uh, so, Jennifer Garner will be in the Glee Boot. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what she's going to sing yet. Uh, maybe Stupid Love by Lady Gaga. Um, yeah. Uh, so. I, go, okay, go. but, well, I just want to, like, throw this in before we move on. So I definitely agree that, like, I'm very torn between, like, I love the arts and very torn between the fact that the, for the, like, my whole entire professional career is working with college students and a lot of my, BFA, um, like college students, like they, they study these things that they love and I see them graduate and do nothing with them. And that's not all of them. Like I know people that have worked in New York. I know people that do props for like Hamilton. I don't know. So I've met people that are successful in these areas, but I know it's super hard. And I'm just like, I like, like you said, Colin, like Sue kind of has a point, um, but also, yeah, they really don't acknowledge all the other like careers that could possibly do in the arts. Um, I don't think everyone needs to go to college either. But I, I have an issue with like just the whole dreams thing specifically. And that's not just for like, you know, creative students or art students. Like I kind of felt like I it was a disservice for me now as an adult to be told that I could just follow my dreams and you know, I could get what I wanted if I worked hard for it. Cause all I've done is work hard for it. And I have gotten nowhere near where I want to be. And I think that it's almost dangerous to say things like, you know, do what you want, follow your dreams, because sometimes it's not realistic and you suffer the consequences by not being able to pay your rent, not having a place to live. Like, so I, I'm, I sound like a very cynical person, but like realistically, you know, I see all these people that sacrifice so much to go for their dreams and then end up in a situation where they compromise the health of their being, whether that's mental or physical. Yeah. I mean, we all know on this podcast, I'm a dream stan. Um, <laughs> Dude, I know. You as a person, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I like, I do think you have a point, especially as someone who like lives in Los Angeles and is like pursuing, you know, what they want to do. And I think a big part of it is when it comes to dreams is don't be narrow minded in what you're looking for. Like, is it, you want to make a difference? Is it, you want attention? Like what is the thing that's like fueling that dream? And then also, and like, because there are multiple ways you can fulfill that. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, uh, you can't wait for someone else to make your dream come true. And I don't just mean you have to work hard generically, but like, like if you're a writer, you have to write, like if you're, you know, like you have yeah, to create. No, I yeah. get that for sure. I guess I've just seen so many students like get to a point where they just absolutely break down. And yeah. I myself like have seen, have wanted a future that I've worked so hard for that I'm nowhere near close to because of like my socioeconomic class and yes. all those things. And I just think it goes a lot deeper than, just like that stuff. Those are just my thoughts on that whole, like there's no representation of the arts. Sue's saying it's a waste of time. I, obviously it's way more complex than everything. Um, I think yeah, it's like, super fulfilling for you to study your passion, go what you're after. I love the arts. Like I'm really involved in the, like the theater community here, but I just, it, there's, it's a double-edged sword sometimes, I think. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's a lot of disillusionment um, because when, when you're a dreamer, dreams by their very nature have no basis in reality. Sure. So once you figure out what reality is, you either have to change what you want to do, or you're going to be run into the ground, basically. Or you change reality. No, Cullen. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> People make, you have to change the world that you live in. Um, Okay, changing the world you live in and changing reality. Same thing. No. Um, Gravity still exists, okay? Yeah, I didn't say flying. <laughs> Although, I, to be fair, it did take a while, but humans did get ourselves into the air. There are, like, it depends on the type of person you are, but I'm not going to go inventing some, like, the airplane. That's not the type of person I am, and that would that would kill a lot of people, like... You have to be a certain type of person in order to achieve that sort of high level. And I think one of the one of the things that is sort of not useful is for when when people think that's like the, that's the only way that you can succeed is by being the one in a million. Yeah. I do, <laughs> I do think, though, you have a point, Rebecca, especially when it comes to colleges and how colleges like these degrees are very expensive mm -hmm. and people are putting in a lot of money that they're probably not going to get back. Mm -hmm. And like, is that ethical? Oh, that's uh, a whole no. different conversation. <laughs> and like, no, I, I, and I don't believe it either. I've worked for higher education for since like 2014 paraprofessionally for a little bit. It's, it's no, it's not ethical. And like most famous actors come from money and come from people in the entertainment industry, mm -hmm. you know, like, so there is like, there are those, those class and socioeconomic realities. Mm -hmm. um, and like there are, it's like being the exception to the rule. And I think it just gets to a point where, and I, I don't want to limit people, but when you tell everyone that they can be that exception, when they reach a point where they realize they can't like that's like half of their life 
that they've been working up to that. Well, their whole life to that yeah. point, that they've mm-hmm. been working up to this and it completely restructures everything. Yeah. I mean, I have two degrees, neither of which I'm using directly right now, but both of them sort of tangentially <laughs> led me to the job. I made. So Hannah's face this entire conversation. <laughs> Listen, I, I can't really talk on it because I, I'm one of those people who's getting caught up in that situation of like, okay, do I just keep doing what I'm doing and using the rest of my time to just pursue my passions as hobbies and passions? Or do I want to dedicate my career to something that I'm really happy with? Because I'm not super happy with what I'm doing right now. So <laughs> this conversation is super triggering. Um, so sorry. Newsflash <laughs> no. for all of our listeners. Being hosts on a podcast, are, it's not our dream. Okay. It, oh, it's it, my dream. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're definitely making it now. Uh, yeah. I mean, no one <laughs> listens to it, but, you know, I'll get there. I, so the thing that I am interested in is the fact that Glee does the thing where it like posits this idea that like, Oh, a career in the arts doesn't really exist type of thing, but it is super focused on performance and like the, the fine arts, like being an artist type careers Mm -hmm. and not so much as like everything else that's out there. Uh, But they never resolve it. It's just kind of like, Let's sing more Billy Joel. So yeah. that was fun. That and the fact that like the reality is like in your high school play, your high school drama club, your high school glee club, not everyone wants to go into the performing arts. Yeah. Like Shu literally comes in hot in whatever scene it is. He's like, I know you all want to do this. And I wanted someone to be like, not me. I do this because I like it. I actually want to be an accountant. I was actually oh. really excited to see or like we hear this little bit of what Blaine wants to do. Yeah. And I was like really excited. And then they just fucking throw it in the And trash. then it was like, <laughs> I was actually kind of mad about that. We, we okay. We got to wait till we talk. Cause that I know, is, but, I, but these things go hand in hand because like it, it just, it doesn't make any sense. This show is literally like, it's literally go for your dreams. The series. Yep. Yeah. Like, it's not like, go for your dreams, but also be a little more realistic. Yeah, well, that is the reality in that Hollywood entertainment is made by people who have made it. So to them, it is possible. That's true. That's true. That's very true. Hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, believe in your dreams. Um, okay, <laughs> to move on. Um <laughs> uh so i uh so let's talk about i guess this so it this storyline is not really a storyline this is kind of brought up and at the end sue puts up the phyllis diller shrine um and is like right with phyllis diller right i think so Yeah, yeah and she was like is that the person who's on the wall in the no that's the old glee club teacher yeah but i thought her name was phyllis no, she just gives Phyllis vibes. Okay. Um, and so they, and then she's like, oh, I can't believe you're going to use this to sing another Billy Joel song. 
and they sing because Tina's like, we're all going to be big stars. And I'm like, that is not realistic. Like, you're not. Uh, that did bother me. Um, I need to look up because I don't know these songs. Um, what song this is one this, is, Hannah? You may be right. Yeah. I didn't mind this one. It was very boppy. This was actually, I want to say, like, the least offensive Schuster song I've seen. Yes, I thought so, too. I was like, oh, it's shoe. But then I was like, oh, you know, I don't mind it. It's working. Yeah. What? <laughs> this is crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Like, when you don't have him singing a sexually aggressive song that's about sexual assault and harassment, and when you don't have him rapping, like, it's kind of okay. <laughs> Who would have thought? Oh, yeah, they did Blurred Lines last week. Oh, yeah. Not kind of when he sang the song song. And Shu tried to say, it's not about sexual assault. Yeah, that happened last week. I hate that song so much. (laughs) No, me too. Um, Uh, I also hate that it's catchy. (laughs) So that's something I didn't talk about last week, but Blurred Lines... Is like it's, it's such an earworm. Yeah. But then you're like, oh no, get it out. <laughs> In all the ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then uh let's quickly talk about uh one of Glee's favorite traditions, a man singing at a woman. Um, so Becky, so Artie is just kind of inserting himself into Becky's life. Yep. <laughs> um for no reason he's just like oh becky what are you gonna do and then she's like i'm just gonna stay here and be sue's secretary and sue's like what are you doing she has a job as my secretary and Artie's like i've been looking into colleges that help that are have good programs for students with disabilities and she's like but out of her business this is such a weird plot line because i want to know where becky's parents are yeah I don't know if Becky has parents anymore. Like, I know she had a Did mom Sue at one point. Did adopt her or what? Well, she has I a gun think... or her, her dad has a gun. That's how she brought a gun to school. Oh, that's and... true. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca. <laughs> Becky brought a gun to school. Yeah, it's it was a whole thing. Um, so she's like, then he comes up to her. She's still at school? Sorry. She was suspended. For like yeah. two weeks. <laughs> like, don't get wrong. Oh, okay. Continue, Colin. Sorry. Um, so he comes up to her and is like talking about it again. And then she's like, Do you want to threesome with Kitty? And he's like, No. And then he sings honestly at like we're the auditorium. He sings honesty because he wants her to be honest, but she's like, everyone leave. Artie's about to show me his purple mushroom. I really didn't want us to say that line, but we did. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it was a I scar also didn't love heart. it. Uh, yeah, it was. I'm never gonna unthink that, you know? Yeah. And then I'm like, I hope they <laughs> that has take become a core memory, well. a bad core memory. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so then they, she's like, well, I do kind of want to go to college, but I'm nervous that people aren't going to like, that people are going to make fun of me or be mean to me. So he's like, let's take a tour of Columbus, University of Columbus, right? Cincinnati. 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 It's all, yeah. it's all the same. Um, but so here I have, I have, I can report happily. So when they said it's like, oh, it's like two hours from here. I was like, I was like, that sounds about right. But I was like, but let me check. And I Googled it and it's about two hours away yeah, from Lima. There you go. Lima. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was it, like, finally. wow. 
the yeah. bare minimum. <laughs> That's also like a real program. So the University of Cincinnati is actually recognized for having the transition and access program or yeah. TAP. Um, and it makes it like one of, I'm reading this, I Googled it earlier. Um, it, I was like, oh, it's, wow, really, it's like, like received national retention for the opportunities. And I'm kind of mad at myself as a higher ed professional, at least for the next week. Um, then I didn't know that these programs even existed. So I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I think Damn like able-bodied privilege. <laughs> I think like the idea that they're putting this into the show and trying to give light to it is good, but it's that execution thing that they just aren't very good at, you know, well, it's like forcing your thoughts on other people. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Artie, they're, they're, the show kind of posits that Artie and Becky have some kind of bond because they both have disabilities. Yes. Even though they're both wildly un- different people with wildly different disabilities. It's the same sort of thing that happened when they tried to get them to date for one episode. And that was also super awkward. Oh, gosh, these writers are <laughs> yeah. hurting my soul. It's just like when... This has nothing to do with anything. They had a deaf contestant on The Bachelor and everyone was like, <gasps> like when she got eliminated, it was like, fix her up with some someone McDonald, Sean McDonald, that might have been his name, who had, who was a CODA, a child of deaf adults. And they're like, hook them up. And I'm like, that's an insensitive thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Society's got a little way to go. I'd be super interested in this story and in general, Becky as a character, if yeah. we could just get things from her perspective, she's such kind of like a like a comedic character at this point. Anything that that they have her. Wow, I'm not articulating very well. Um, her her process, like her point in storylines, is not actually as someone who like she's not a main character right so yeah it it feels like like a good service that Artie did not actually being about becky and her future yeah like because the only time we've gotten becky's head was that time in season three where she said no chang do i ain't no rice queen about mike chang and then she was voiced by Helen and Mirren. It, Helen Mirren had to yes, say those lines. Um, and Helen Mirren. She played strip poker with Puck. And then they went to prom and wearing the beer uh, box crown. Yes. And she was like, you have a hot piece of booty. Like, you've made it. I, and that's the most we got from Becky, like, in her head. The rest is just other people. I just, I have a really hard time discerning between, like, when the show is trying to do something good and, like, show about her or just using her as a punchline. Yeah. Because yeah. I was, like, really uncomfortable in this episode because it was, like, I don't know if this is good. <laughs> It's kind of tricking me into thinking it is, but then I'm like, something's telling me that there's something wrong here. Um, so then she goes, they go to the school and she's, it's a cool look into the program. She seems to be enjoying herself. Um, there's this guy who's like hitting on her. And she's like, no. Um, <laughs> she's not having it. 
her arm around this her and she like two shrugged people. him off. Yeah, two people in the same episode who do that same thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, that was the theme of the week. Um, <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> so then Becky decides that she does want to go to college and Sue is mad at Artie. But then she's like, you know, ask good questions, you know, like look out for her. And then mm-hmm. um, those even those aren't even good questions. Yeah. I just have to acknowledge that. Like those are the <laughs> yeah. most like, is there Wi-Fi on campus? It's University of Cincinnati, probably. Yeah. Like, and then we just make like the freshman 15 or the freshman 20 pound joke thing. Yeah. Like, Back come, on. come on ask real questions yeah like hey like what kind of like accommodations do they possibly have for things that i might need mm-hmm. that's a good question <laughs> sorry <laughs> and then we get this cute scene with sue and becky where mm-hmm. sue is kind of like letting understanding that becky is growing up and like moving on and becky is kind of like scared to tell her that she wants to go to college but Sue is like, no, like, it sounds like that was more than okay. That was really good. And she's like, I'll help you with your essay. And she's like, and then you she, can't say that. You can't, you say, can't douche say crap or, or douche. douche. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, really? Uh, that was a freaking long essay. That thing was like 40 pages. <laughs> yeah. Most of it was probably her cursing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I actually really liked that scene. Um, just because those two actresses have a lot of chemistry and like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is one of the few times when they actually use that chemistry well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but overall, I'm like, why couldn't Becky do this for herself? <laughs> why couldn't Becky like Artie just comes up to Becky? Becky didn't even reach out to Artie and be like, "Hey, I'm, I'm confused." He, yeah, he he projects his own fear onto her. And like, okay, yeah, he ends up being right, but like, that's not the point, right? Like, he just projects it. I think this would have made more sense if, like, if Artie and Becky had, say, been actual friends throughout the series and having more than three whole scenes together ever, I think it would have been interesting to sort of have that same conversation that that already had where he was scared to go to college but he kind of blamed it on his mom not wanting him to leave and that kind of stuff like i feel like they have similar similar ideas so i, mean, I don't know i feel like it would make more sense to have those stories together maybe and see like, how it's different different for these two different disabilities that would have been cool to highlight those but i mean even if like like they could have done something so simple like she has like a a pamphlet for a college in her backpack that already notices right like yeah you know so he's not just like projecting his own stuff onto her and like being like crossing those boundaries without any sort of like indication that this is a thing that's wanted mm-hmm. but yeah it was a little yeah yeah there's really no originality here specifically because they already did this storyline with Artie. Yeah. Yeah. And Artie says that they're friends. But I'm like, oh. you like went on that one date at Breadsticks once and that's really it. Yeah. hmm Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Ugh. Glee loves its white knight storylines. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, we do get a storyline where a woman is tangentially involved in helping a man. So oh, yeah, well. sexism's over, I guess. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the New York, the main storyline. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> we spent a lot of time on those. We're going so in depth. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a long one. Yeah. No, this is, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, let's try and be okay. So Blaine and Sam saying moving out because they're like, we're going to New York. We're the only actual friendship on this TV show that's allegedly about friends. Um, <laughs> we're going to go to New York and like look at colleges. Um, and Blaine was there for his Neon edition. I'm like, why does he have to go to New York? But Rachel and Kurt didn't last year, Whoopi's two years busy. ago. And <laughs> she's she's busy saying not great stuff on The View. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. that's all news by this point. Yeah. Um, so they go, they sing moving out, they arrive. And it, it's the way that's acted is that they did not announce that they were coming. Like Kurt and Rachel and Santana are like, oh my gosh. Like they not like, oh, you arrived. You're like, oh, oh what are you, you doing here? You're going to be here. Oh, and you need to stay at our place, which is something you typically ask before you show up. Um, I got the impression that they knew they were coming, but then it was a surprise because uh, he doesn't knock. They don't he just knock. Opens their door. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Why is it not locked right now?" Yes, I don't care if exactly. you're home. It should be locked. Um. So then, Kitty um, <laughs> <laughs> must uh, have attentions. So then they uh, they're at Niata and they looked at some historical sites that Kurt suggested. Not Niata, the diner. Um, they looked at some historical sites that Kurt suggested. Uh, but they also looked at different colleges. A, and, an old rundown bathhouse or something. And yeah. I was like, what? Why? <laughs> um, and then the Kurt's like, you're going to kill it at your Niata audition, but we're going to prep you. And then he's like, guys, the biggest star is here and he's going to sing Piano Man. You and- don't know him yet. And you might not ever. (laughs) This is, I think, so if we're going to rank like shoehorning the songs, this might be the worst offender Uh, because it's so blatantly obvious. It's like, we're singing a song. It's it's so sad to me because this is my favorite Billy Joel song. I know, it's so good. It's such a good song. It's many people's favorite Billy Joel song. (laughs) Yes. And so, I mean, Darren Chris does a good job with it. Like, it's Blaine. He's he's by far the best of the Billy Joel singers, I think. Like, it sounds really good. Um, And then they, there's candles. They're dancing with the candles. I literally was like, I'm sorry, is this Beauty and the Beast? What's happening? (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. So then uh, let's quickly just talk about Blaine's storyline, then we'll get to Sam. So then Blaine is like, yeah, I have my Miata audition, but I'm also in- have other interests at other schools. Because at Miata, you can only study performing arts. <laughs> this is, like... is terrific entertainment. Oh, <laughs> she really wanted the microphone. <laughs> She's like, I have something to say. That's another podcast. What's your podcast name? Buttons. <laughs> Buttons. Oh. I've never uh, heard podcast before. I'm going to use it. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. What's another podcast? on the show uh, all right continue yeah they're dancing with candles it was yeah. hard to watch it was very uh, hard to watch yeah. <laughs> it was major cringe um mm-hmm. and then blaine is basically saying like hey i might want to pursue other passions in college i don't want to pigeonhole what i'm going to do at 18 years old he mentioned That's... wanting to be a doctor and i was like 
oh wow this is the side of lane i never knew right like but also i have a feeling based on the end of this conversation he either made that up because he was actually actually afraid or kurt's like no 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 that's that's not who you it's are. one or the other, right? It's either yeah. he was serious and was told by his fiance <laughs> that no, that's not true, and he's just accepting it. Or the or, show is like, no, he made that up because he's actually just scared. And I don't yeah. like either option. No. I think I feel like I the hope show he's serious. is saying that he just made it up. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, which I was really because Kurt's like, by. oh, I know you. I know you're just scared. So you're coming up with these backup plans and i'm like these oh, crazy it. things oh. also a medical degree is not a backup plan guys <laughs> he also is like well i'm also i've also i'm gonna go to columbia and nyu check those out and he's like why you're definitely going to, to niata and he's like i should have safety schools i was like finally someone in this fucking universe understands <laughs> the idea that you should be applying to multiple schools just in case you don't get into the one you really want to go to yeah mm-hmm. yeah so and like albeit Blaine is probably if I had to bet on any of these characters like I guess Rachel but like making it in performance like the performing arts like Blaine is like the most talented and the most like mainstream appeal yeah. you know um, but it is like why isn't he allowed to possibly explore other things by merely going to a school that has other options yeah so does this mean that Niata doesn't have like general education requirements yeah, in like a normal like sense. School. Yeah. Okay. So I think there's absolutely nothing wrong. I don't think anyone here would argue with him being like, yeah, maybe I want to go to Columbia or New York which or NYU, which are two very good schools, mm-hmm. which also have a ton of other subjects you can study in gen eds. And he may find out that like he wants to be an archaeologist. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. My, my, like my biggest issue is that like say that there was a smidge of that that was true even a smidge like i have seen so many students that like love art or love performing and then once it turns into their major they lose their joy for it yeah especially if they're talented and people have always pushed them in that they feel kind of forced into that box and then they feel almost a little resentful yeah yeah so that's another good option is or um point is that like he could honestly start like maybe he say he starts going to NYU Tisch and then he decides, oh, actually, I think I want to. I don't know, because he also mentions he might want to be a teacher like Mr. Shu. And I'm like, oh, please don't have a measures role model. Um, yeah, but like he could go and discover like, oh, actually, I don't want to study this. Like it could actually be really interesting if he does actually like go to Niada and sees all these people like, like working super hard and like possibly losing their joy of being in a, this art school or just having this major. And then like, he could be like, actually, I think I want to say something else, but maybe like minor in this or like take some classes or just participate as like a, a side thing. Like that could be a really interesting storyline. Yeah. yeah. And I think that gives a more, more representation of what it's like to be in the arts. 
professionally oh, yeah, sure. and as a hobby. How, Kate like, Hudson starts bullying him in that intro to dance class, and oh, he's like, like, "I'm out." Absolutely not. <laughs> Fuck you. How many seasons is Glee like? Dude, six, six, and, six oh, two more, yeah. two more. Well, you know, this is season five. This is season five. Yeah, yes. we're almost done. Yeah, well, I was just like, Colin's seen the show. Maybe you do get to see a little bit of like Blaine post high school. Well, you haven't seen the end, but you already know what happens I because know. you always know what happens. <laughs> I do, and I think Blaine becomes a professional homosexual. I'm not really sure. Is it you already? So then. Okay, so let's talk about Sam. So Sam is going to interview for theater at Hunter College. I'm like, Sam was like, was he even in West Side Story when they did it? Like Sam has shown like no interest. If I had to bet on any of these characters, just like doing it for fun, not for like. It would be Sam. It would be Sam. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just kind of there because it's like. Because Finn started from the showers that one time. Yeah. Like performing in coffee shops. Yeah. And then like having a different job. Like, yeah. Um, So he goes to this interview. Oh, the interview. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) And he starts talking about like his passion for women's rights. (laughs) Do we know what? Did they name a school? It was Hunter. 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 The school that requires. Uh, the GRE for their screenwriting program because I almost applied there. It was in my top six and then I didn't because I didn't want to take the GRE. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Not gonna lie. That's my, one of the reasons also. No, like, we went because we <laughs> loved BU. Duh. <laughs> um, so. Isn't it strange that like, I love Sam. Glad he got his own little storyline but isn't it weird that like sam's storyline was actually exploring what he really wanted to do and blaine's was being forced into like what he's destined to do according to the show and kurt yeah a little bit i hate destiny such a screwed up concept yeah we already talked about dreams you can't get into destiny (laughs) i'm like i have thoughts too i'm not a fan but oh my gosh yeah um so sam is like he's he says just because women make less for the same job doesn't mean they should be respected less yeah the whole scene was horrible the whole scene was horrible well and this is what i wanted to ask because you have all seen sam as a character like is this actually his personality or was he trying to like self-sabotage this interview? Oh no, this wasn't self-sabotage. This well, was like, genuine. I think this is genuine. Like he's not, oh, no. he's not my Glee boyfriend. I take it back. So like, he's not usually like actively sexist or racist. He's just very dumb. Yes. Yeah. And I think he was probably nervous and didn't really know what to do. So he was talking Um, about things he didn't understand. He's like, oh, I've heard about this. I'm going to bring it up. But he didn't get it. Yeah. He also was just like, she's a woman. She's also a black woman. I should talk about how much I respect the worst. Mm -hmm. It was the worst. Because he's like, it was the worst. You're black. That must be interesting. And then he said, and then 
this is a shot in the dark or something like that. He's like, but do you know Mercedes Jones? And then it ends. And I was Which just like, is like the biggest microaggression. Yes. It's just an aggression, really. <laughs> yes. the, it's yeah. just super racist at that point. And like, that's the thing is that like, <clears throat> he's not necessarily doing this maliciously. I don't think that. I think it's that. Oh, did we lose you, Rebecca? Oh, I'm still here. Okay. okay. Um, but it's that like he's nervous and he's just like it's, it's just word, word vomit. vomit. Yeah. He does say that he talks too much when he's with Tyra Banks. But and it's funny because Tyra Banks, also woman, also black, but he doesn't say <laughs> any of those things. So maybe the idea of being in a modeling agency was more comfortable of a setting to him because he was like this makes more sense for me. College doesn't. It could, I suppose, have been sort of like an unconscious self-sabotage, as people do Maybe. when they're in uncomfortable yeah. situations. That's true. So, okay. So then we get the scene with Rachel and Sam and Rachel are suddenly having interactions. This is one of their first interactions. Think, this is the very first time they've ever spoken. No, because remember when well, and they're making like eyes at each other. Yeah, yeah it was weird. Remember was when she asked weird. him to prom, and then he said Santana said he would take all my gold, and then yeah, I do remember what? that. Yeah, and then uh, when I think she was there, she gave him a dollar when he was a stripper. And I think though that's like the journey of Rachel and Sam to this point. Um, and now they're having eye sex. Yeah. So she's like, oh, like, what's wrong? He's like, I'm going to tell this to this person I barely have a relationship with, um, that my dream was always to be a male model. He's like, I just imagine myself in Hollywood and there's a bus. And I'm on my in my underwear, and my junk is as big as a car. And, and I then look this at it, guy walks awesome. by. <laughs> this guy walks by in his like dream sequence, and he's speaking Spanish, and he's like, "Hey, your junk is as big as a car." And then they high five, and then the guy walks away. It's so we random. Like this that is scene. this is how Sam thinks New York is. Yeah, and I enjoy that. I guess. Okay, I I have a question. Um. So Rachel says it's like when in this conversation, she said, this is New York. It's the city where dreams come true. And yet her, is it Kurt and the Santana? Santana, yeah. Are they doing anything with their lives besides working as a diner? <laughs> Rachel, I'm curious. Rachel That's landed a, a Broadway role in her freshman, freshman semester year. of college. First audition. Her freshman year, first audition. She is oh, funny girl. That. She's in the funny yeah. girl revival. Yeah. Um. Kurt did have a really nice internship at Vogue, but he doesn't want to be working at Vogue. He wants to be doing what Rachel's doing. See, this goes back, this whole thing of like what they really want to do. It like, Kurt could have explored becoming famous and becoming some sort of, you know, personality going through Vogue.com, through his internship, oh, through yeah, fashion. For sure. That would have been way more interesting. Yeah. And so it's Absolutely. like. Santana got a commercial. Oh, the East is that. Yeah. Yeah. I um, just. Yeah. Weird. I was just curious because I also noticed like. They I, all. I, they have like a decent apartment for New York. <laughs> you know, I and then I see about it. I see both of them in a diner and then I don't even see what the other girl does at all. And I'm just like, I don't know if this is realistic, but OK. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Rachel's parents are paying for their apartment. 
Yeah, yeah. and now that she but has like Sandra the Broadway and thing, Kurt pay rent. I don't now understand. She's probably getting paid for that. Yeah. So now her she's got the diner money, which I don't understand how she's doing Broadway stuff and working at the diner and going to school. There's literally no way. Okay. Uh, so yeah, she's also there's a reason. Vocalist band. Yeah. They're they're all unrealistically <laughs> living in New York with weird jobs that no one would ever get your first well, time there. I was just yeah and that's my thing is she said it's the city where dreams come true and I was wondering if any of their dreams had actually come true or they just like have heard that you know like oh, New York. Let's see. Hat. dreams come true here you know like yeah um so yeah um so then she gets the funny girl photographer to just take a bunch of photos of Sam and then, uh, like, is she paying that person? Yeah, that's what I was yeah, I, yeah. I was like, she's not gonna just do this for free. And then, not even as a a, a a favor to Rachel, this person she met like three weeks ago. Yeah, this woman is a professional. She's not gonna spend time with you. Yeah, and then she they have Sam stripped down, and she's like, I'm just gonna put this oil on you, and then they like. Rachel says that. Yeah. Because at first they're taking pictures of him fully clothed in like suits and like this little cowboy getup. And it's great. He looks really good. And then she's like, take off your clothes. And I was like, why is this necessary? Like, I get why it's necessary because agencies often want to see that. But like, but why is this necessary? And then she oils them up and I was like, "Mm." and then they're making eyes at each other. Yeah. Mm. That was the most uncomfortable awkward like why these two people i don't know i have two words for you slow burn um you're not gonna be happy with it but that's the reality um so no. <laughs> <laughs> um what so block it out block it out i'm trying but all i can think of is arson you, you don't perfect it's a, it's a term i know what slow burn means <laughs> yeah fun. Well, it's not about arson. All she's thinking about arson. (laughs) Don't let her near the lighters and the candles, Colin. Um, So, yeah. um, Then he goes to Bichet or whatever. And he's talking to Tyra Banks. Bitch it. (laughs) And he's like, is it like Bichette? Like, is that like like a little mini bitch? (laughs) It's so bad, but I did think that was funny. (laughs) Um... And then she's like, oh, you're good for, like, Kansas, but, like, male modeling's really hard, and you're going to have to lose 10 pounds. And Sam's like, you think I'm fat? And she's like, not for Kansas. And he's like, Ohio. And she's like, yeah, you need to lose this weight. And I know she's supposed to be playing, like, an evil person or, like, a kind of a villain, but I'm like, Tyra Banks would do this in real life. We've all seen America's Next Top Model. <laughs> and we see people <laughs> reacting to it 10, 15 years later. And we it's We're all bad. rooting for you. Um, uh, yeah. But Problematic. Okay. Icon. Also, I don't think he's too fat for modeling standards because he is chiseled. Like, I really don't think he is. No. I don't think no. he is either. Um, I so did that's not like the, confusing. Was it the camera loves starvation? Was that the line? Yeah. 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 Did not like that. No. Nope. Um, also, she's like, I like your look. Your eyes are empty like cows. <laughs> and then she's like, your and your lips, they're like, he goes, trouty. Trout. It's just trouty mouth. <laughs> um, so it was uh that was funny. But then I was like, wait, do I have empty? cow eyes 
because <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. My doctor told me the other day I was. Um, that you had cow. No, <laughs> we were like, your eyes look dead. Are you okay? No, I can't remember what she said. It was something like, you're like encouragingly honest, but the synonym of those two words. And I can't remember what it was. And it was all because of me being from the Midwest. <laughs> A lot of times, speaking of my eyes, a lot of times people think I'm very high um, <laughs> when I'm out and I'm right. just tired. Uh-huh. Like, I've had people come to me in the club. They're like, are you OK? What drugs are you on? And I'm like, I'm not even drunk. I'm just tired and I want to go home. Like, But were you wearing your glasses? Yeah. No, my contacts. My contacts. OK, OK. Yeah. Sometimes you get a little bit high looking when you like can't focus yeah. Um, yeah and so i i get maybe i have cow eyes um <laughs> uh, you have high so. eyes you have, you have high eyes you have, I know. like the the sort of like you just have like uh, the stoner sunkenness yeah 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 i know what meme we're making for this episode now um <laughs> so okay um Colin is the club i'm tired and i just want to go home <laughs> That is a whole mood. <laughs> like, literally, last time I went, I was like leaving. And I was like, I want to be in bed right now. Why am I doing this? I'm like, I guess I already made these plans, so I have to go. But <laughs> oh, the worst feeling. Um, so then uh, they're like, you shouldn't starve yourself. As we all know, Marley passed out during Gangnam Style. They don't bring it up, but okay. Um, uh, but if you shouldn't starve yourself, Blaine just brought us a piano as a gift. And Santana is like, no, that means every moment is going to be a sing-along and I can't handle it. Wait, 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 hold on. Blaine brought the piano? Yeah. Yes. I was so confused. By I, this. Missed I was like, that. how did he get it? Where did he get yeah. a piano? Why did he bring it in there? How can like, he afford what? the piano? How does he afford the movers to get it up there? Where was it on the bus? You know, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> at the opening scene, the real uh, questions. Yeah, um, his little satchel, uh, in pieces. He had to put it's it a together. D and D back of holding. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they. So anyway, Santana's like, no. I thought that was funny because she was just like, I can't with you people. You're just gonna do this all the time. And then they proceed to sing just the way you are, but not the Bruno Mars song, because I already covered that. Um and they sing it, and then Santana does come out with like a hairbrush as a microphone. And I'm like, ah, now you're very you're such a good actress, like you're selling this. I um thought this was the worst it was literally was like this covers like five circles of hell for me yeah no i agree with you i really agree with you that was not not... hum the tune for you i don't know either i yeah no (laughs) no 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 uh the the anti-billy joelness in this podcast right now is really hurting i actually like billy joel so i'm not okay but like i I have an issue with their covers sometimes because they're just so like auto-tuned and horrible. The harmonies yeah. in this are kind of strange because they're not in the original song. So it does yeah. make the song kind of difficult to recognize if you don't like know the song already. But I felt the same way with um, the one that already sang. I didn't yeah, really I, recognize I, it at first. It took a while. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so then they come back 
And Sam's like, I'm not going to college. I'm going to be a male model. And Blaine's like, I aced my Niada audition. And Sui's like, you're too fat to be a model. And Sam's like, I don't care. Yeah, they recap things that happened off screen for us, as in Blaine's thing, and then off screen for the other characters of the school. And I was like, this wasn't necessary. <laughs> also, why didn't we see Blaine's audition? I like, mean, that was a really? thing that... Why he we already saw the yeah i can't watch piano man twice <laughs> that's what i was saying it was like why do we have to have piano man there why couldn't he have sang that at his audition that would have been interesting yeah. maybe they couldn't get carmen thibodeau yeah well he was busy that's probably what it is <laughs> yeah. yeah um so lame there's also a great tiktok of someone who bought a skirt with kurt hummel's face printed on it <laughs> <laughs> they're dancing to his boy next door audition. <laughs> they're like my kid skirt. How did that exist? How did that come into existence? Did someone make it or did they Dude, sell it? Etsy makes everything. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope that's where it came from and not it was like an artifact that Fox put out. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, we have dissected to this episode beyond belief. Um let's ta-ta-ta. Which we already did. <laughs> Two lines. Two lines. One of what them was, was the gonna be one? big, big star. Um, it was someone said something to her and then she responded with like a one-word answer. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Uh so let's uh let's do MVPs and LVPs. Uh Rebecca, who is your least valuable player? Like in the episode? Yeah. Um Ryder. Yeah. yeah, I I put Jake in writer, and then I was like, leave Marley alone, Chris Crocker. So, reference to leave Brittany alone, in case anyone doesn't understand. <laughs> jokes you have to explain are always the best time of jokes. <laughs> Alyssa? Uh, I think I'm probably going to go with writer also. He's not... <sighs> He's just so insufferable in this episode. That's a good word. That was a good word. I'm going with Adam Sex, uh, my gender, male. Um, I don't think there was a man that was good in this episode except maybe Blaine. Um, Jake sucked. Ryder sucked. <laughs> Sam was being racist. Uh, Will is always a terrorist. Um, Artie, nosy. Um, yeah, <laughs> men. But Blaine also, like, didn't stand up for himself and wasn't like, but maybe I do actually want to do something yeah, else. So. he's a love bot, as we have discussed. He is he a love bot. For Kurt. Yeah. Um, so he's a robot. He's not even uh, a human. So that's why it's men. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Checks um, out. So, Rebecca, who is your MVP? I don't even know if I have one. <laughs> Marley's mom, maybe. Um, I think I uh, I don't know. I really don't. I, like my first instinct was to say Blaine, but that's because I just don't like Rachel at all as a character or a person. So um, even though she didn't do anything bad this episode and actually help someone out, but I just out of principle cannot. Yeah. So maybe Blaine or Marley's mom. Um, or, honestly, Marley, maybe too. I'm trying to think of an inanimate object, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, who did um, not speak at all? 
I am going to go with, I think I'm going to go with Marley because she had it rough, but she still stuck to her guns. She was like, I'm not going to give in to all of the pressure. Uh, She was put in a very sticky situation with Ryder exclaiming, go on date with me, man, uh, in front of the whole class. But she was like, afterwards, she was like, yeah, no, this is not cool. Don't talk to me. I'm also going with Marley, Um, which is surprising because usually I really, really dislike her. And but I just felt not even that she's doing anything really great this episode, but I was so affronted by writer and Jake's use of her like just as an object to argue over that I'm like I I'm just you know what she's she's definitely my my favorite this just to spit in the face of that particular storyline oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna need to get that clip uh that was great yeah, I'm going with Marley just because even though she like she kind of caved to Ryder, she eventually like when she was in a more comfortable situation was like, no, you yeah. know, she's like, hey, I just I agreed. I went on one date with you. That's all you get, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this poor girl is, is really getting help from nowhere. Um yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is she okay like 10 years from so like right now in the glee universe do we think she's okay no <laughs> no she um, i hope she's getting therapy well she's she would be what our age years younger than us yeah so no, she would literally be mining oh no well, she's yeah a she's senior. a sophomore yeah. yeah that's right i keep thinking everyone is the same age because they all are like 35 <laughs> um slight spoiler but not really um marley does not come back for the finale every character really comes back except for like rory and marley does she transfer i keep wanting her to get to transfer (laughs) yeah Uh, i I just feel like her mom gets a new job at a different school or at least transfers marley somewhere else Mm -hmm. yeah marley's just like you know what i'm not coming back she has the entire state of ohio and even parts of indiana to transfer to because that's how glee works yep maps and time and travel no doesn't and rory was like i'm on celtic thunder i'm not dealing with lee michelle again bye um so Okay, um, songs. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. We had Moving Out, Piano Man, My Life, Honesty, the, An Innocent Man, Just the Way You Are, You May Be Right. Uh, oh, Rebecca. That was too fast. Too fast. I don't care. Um, well, I need to. <laughs> look at it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to repeat that list. Um, Rebecca, what was your least favorite song? My least favorite song, if I was just going by song, like, like as I enjoyed it as music was just the way you are my least Mm. favorite song in the context of everything not that like not even that didn't make sense but innocent man because i i hated that yeah Yeah, i'm gonna second public yeah yeah i'm gonna second that innocent man thing is that like it's just the context is not great um but i'm gonna go with like in general just like the sound of it is gonna be um honesty Party singing didn't. I just didn't. 
I didn't even recognize the song for a while. So I'm going to go with an innocent man because I don't like the context. I don't like Ryder that was singing it. I didn't like how he was singing it to Marley. I didn't like anything about the situation. Um, And honesty actually kind of reminded me that Artie has a good voice, which Mm. we, we don't, he doesn't get songs a lot. So Oh my gosh, this is written by the showrunner of Riverdale. Um, the episode? Yeah. Um, too bad there was no bear. Um, okay, so uh, my three-way tie for worst song is Honesty, Just the Way You Are, and You May Be Right, because I could not remember anything about them. And we all know that usually I'm the one who like remembers the stuff. <laughs> you didn't remember the very last song that I, like, was the most gone. energetic? Like, it is wow. gone from my brain. Like, I do remember that there were high schoolers who weren't in the Glee Club dancing. This is the second time in a row this has happened. Wait, it happened last week? Yeah, it happened during Blurred Lines. Oh, Everyone was yeah. Well, Mr. Shoot is just going to bring a crowd together. Uh, so, Rebecca, what was your favorite song? Um, I actually liked My Life. Not necessarily the context, but, like, just his voice and singing it. I I didn't hate it. Like, I would listen to it again. Um, but I also liked the last one, You May Be Right, just because it was a bop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Jake, I, I normally have a problem with his voice. I thought it was sounded fine. Yeah. Uh, but it's the context that's really going to prevent it for me. Sure. Uh, but I chose moving out because I thought it was a solid one to start with. Uh, context doesn't make sense, but I was like, you know what? A blam cover. I'm here for it. Um, but then also honorable mention, uh, you may be right. I think I'm going to go with you may be right because I was so incredibly astounded that Mr. Shu was heading up a song that I was like, okay with. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was surprisingly fun for me. Uh, and my life is a close second uh, just because it was kind of fun just to like see them showcasing uh, that actor's abilities like dance wise. Um because we don't really see that a whole ton, but that it just is not great context-wise. Uh, I am going with moving out. Um, I love Blaine and Sam. Again, the only friendship on the show that is allegedly all about friendship. Um, and yeah, it was fun. There was kinetic energy. They moved. This is their third moving to New York montage, I think. Uh <laughs> I don't know if it's the last, honestly. I think there's a couple more. So my question was, Santana's like, you guys are like always going to do this with the songs thing. Yeah. And that made me think, does that mean Blaine and Sam are going to move into their apartment and there's going to be five people in this enormous loft with one bathroom? Every time there's a roommate problem, they're just going to sing. I propose a new roommate. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna say <laughs> anytime there's any argument or anything update, you like you guys have to pick a song. It has to be a glee song. It would a only make sense. I was gonna song. pull out your fault from into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 
that's a good one. <laughs> just because well, I no. thought of like conflict. Because you both can <laughs> sing it. Because you both can be like, so it's your fault, and you can just go back and forth <laughs> saying that it's your fault to each other. It's gonna resolve everything. <laughs> that one song is just like every week and a half. <laughs> and now you guys are gonna like next time you guys have like anything you're gonna be start thinking about it well cullen's <laughs> going to and then listen to like oh yeah that's right um okay so that that's the end of this episode rebecca thank you so much for coming on thank you i had fun I, like i said i thought this was gonna be a podcast like with a ton of people that really love glee and i wasn't sure what to expect since i had a lot of issues with a lot of the words <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we don't prep people for that because uh, I bet it's like a, a fun surprise or if I don't think I don't know if we've had many people who are like we love Glee and everything no. about it even people and who like we watch Glee all the time like they're like oh they, yeah they're still is- they're still down to clown with the like this is terrible yeah so it's um, a fun surprise how okay uh, next week no first we do social media okay Rebecca, where can people find you and your podcast on social media? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I have a podcast. You can find it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Pocket Cast and Outcast. I don't think that's one. Um, <laughs> Outcast. <laughs> that's a reference. Uh, it's called Taboo Topics. Um, I'm working on getting it like done on a more consistent basis, but my life is kind of up in the air, but I do have an Instagram. It's taboo topics podcast, all one word. Um, it's kind of sensitive though. Like we talk about a lot of dark stuff. That's the whole point of it. So there's trigger warnings posted at the beginning of each episode in case you do check it out. Cause it's not light. So. Awesome. Interesting. It sounds right up my alley. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'm like really thrilled with how it's turned out so far. I've got a really, like a really great feedback about some of the episodes because the whole reason I'm doing it is because people don't talk about these things and I want to normalize these conversations. And I did a whole one on codependency and a lot of people are like, had a lot of self-realizations and I'm like, good. However, like it's not the worst, you know, like, personality traits of all time you just have to learn boundaries and things so very yeah. cool yeah. you can follow gleeboot on instagram twitter and tiktok at gleeboot.com gleeboot pod and you can also follow us on tumblr gleebootpod.tumblr.com uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Cullen Ever After, and I should be appearing on Life's But a Song Pod for Glee Season 2. I think that will be out when this app is out. Um, and I'm not sure if my appearance on Unhinged Fan Fiction crossovers will be out yet, but um, but I, there will be two episodes with John of Life's But a Song Pod where I will be talking about the best season of Glee, Glee Season 2. Um, well, actually, Alyssa and I were on Life's But a Song talking about the best season of Glee, season uh, three. Season three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> uh, this is Bonergate season with Joe. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, so next. Happened on Glee. Oh, Lord. And it just floods back. <laughs> it sounds like the musical Degrassi. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Probably less well written. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, Alyssa, what do you want to plug your? Yes. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at a.m.swearingen. So, yeah, lots of art stuff. I'm sorry I haven't been, you know, like posting a lot lately. Lots of things have been happening. I have crazy eyes right now. It's fine. I feel that. (laughs) Everything sounds fine. (laughs) I believe you. I definitely believe you. Um, And next week, we will be talking about what the most notoriously unhinged episode of Glee, Puppet Master, where there is a gas leak in the choir room. We have someone who has never watched Glee before. What? um, Who does, like, YouTube videos and TikToks about, like, superhero movies. And I purposely picked him for this episode, so he will be shocked and horrified. So Uh, we're going to have to refer to Melissa Benoist's character, Marley, as Supergirl. uh, Probably. Yes. Um, Got it. Yeah. Um, This school is poorly maintained. That's all I have to say, I think. That might be one of the most realistic elements of the show, though. I'm really curious to see how they approach Gas Leak. Because... One word, Muppet. If they, um, I would say, if they don't send all those kids home, I'm going to go insane. Same. Did you just, did you just say Muppet? <laughs> yes. Wait, the Muppets or just like like an Avenue Q version of Glee, like an Avenue Q epi? Wait, wait. These kids get high on a gas leak that they don't let the kids go. All right. Well, I'm gonna leave so I can process it that. Before they- oh my god. <laughs> Tune in next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.